0: Episode 170 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Today we have an opportunity to talk to the president of Wichita State University, Dr. Jay Golden. We'll hear more about his background, about running a university during a pandemic, and we'll ask about the impact of that Ivanka Trump decision. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. It is back to school time. Wichita area school districts have had to make some difficult decisions regarding class schedules, safety guidelines, and sports. And it's obvious that there's a direct link between opening schools and the economy. Our Daniel McCoy has the big story this week. Our coverage begins on page 10. Check out our special feature this week, Women Who Lead in Education. We profile education professionals from districts and universities around Wichita. That feature begins on page 13. Another in our new math after the pandemic series, this week it's the new math of convention centers and what they're doing to stay afloat when there's no convention business. That report begins on page 30. This week's list, the Wichita area's residential real estate brokerages, that's on page six. Part of our mission is to help you grow your business. Each week, we provide business intelligence on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, court judgments. Our leads section this week begins on page 33. Equity Bank has been our sponsor from the start, episode one. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, Dr. Jay Golden was named the 14th president of Wichita State University back in October. Seems like a long time ago. His term follows the death of President John Bardo. He says in one of his first stories on him that he did not see a situation where he had to start from scratch. He said his intention was to build on the growth of the school in recent years and help find new ways to move it forward with all the stakeholders having a seat at the table. At the beginning of his tenure, he had to deal with the impact of a pandemic pandemic controversy surrounding a guest speaker. Other than that, Dr. Golden, I guess it's been a pretty quiet year, right?
1: Uh, Also, the uh, ending of athletics midterm,
0: an economic
1: downturn, elections, and DACA. But other than that, it's been pretty quiet.
0: Pretty quiet, which has been the biggest challenge, I assume, obviously, having to deal with the pandemic and just the radical changes you've had to deal with.
1: Yeah, the pandemic, certainly um, the health scare, uh, all the implications that it has for society as a whole, Wichita specifically, and our institution as well. And um, very, one of the highlights that I've had so far is just being able to step back and realize the incredible staff and faculty we have at our institution and their ability to pivot on a dime and still provide a quality education for our students. Um, that that was truly amazing. We never stopped operating.
0: We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. First, let's get to know you a little bit better. Tell us about where you grew up and uh, your upbringing, your family, that sort of thing.
1: Sure. I grew up in the hills of Los Angeles. I was the youngest child with only older sisters. <laughs> I uh, My father started off a little eclectic too. He ended up working his way as a chief deputy for administrator for the los angeles county fire department and oh, wow. at the end of his career he was director of the boston museum of fine arts having worked to uh, kind of a certipitous way of uh and um it was very enlightening and a great thing for a young man as a young boy having your father bring a fire engine for bringing your father to school day <laughs> it was wonderful Right. And as I was a bit older, being able to travel around New York a little bit with my parents, and uh, that was very educational for me in, in so many ways.
0: So your family had a cross-country move then, right?
1: Well, they. my father actually went from the L.A. County Fire Department to the L.A. County Museum of Art. That was oh, the transition. Oh, okay,
0: tradition. L.A. County. Yeah, okay. so
1: he, when I went off to college is when they um, they'd started moving. Uh, so, uh, so I pretty much stayed in Los Angeles, and pretty much stayed in Arizona for many years, almost 30 years in the Phoenix metro area. As an undergraduate, as a police officer who worked his during the midnight shifts and went to school during the day, as someone who worked for a Fortune 500 company and worked my way up, and then uh, ultimately I started my own engineering consulting firm based out of Arizona, but in multiple states and. Um, from that, uh, got called back to um, One World Financial after 9 11, and that was the impetus for me to go back into higher education and take a little different path.
0: That's quite a diverse uh, resume you have there a police officer on the beat and, and working for a big a private company, an entrepreneur. Uh, well, like, go ahead. Father, Which...
1: like, well, I was going to say, like father, like son, in many ways. <laughs> right. Uh, but I think it actually. Um, certainly in higher education, it provides, I think, a very um, beneficial background. It provides me kind of the business acumen of having small business as well as working for a major corp 500 corporation. Um, and also the life experiences that one can bring. So you, you really, which is what Wichita State University is about, um, taking theory and putting it into applied learning and bringing those real life experiences, I think, adds some clarity and some color as you become a professor and move forward.
0: What was it that really attracted you about higher education?
1: Well, I was never a good student as a young uh, college student, Um, but my love for learning really progressed once I became a bit more mature and was working and putting myself through school. It was really that quest for knowledge. And I'm an engineer by training, and I focus on the environment um, from a business standpoint, as well as an environmental standpoint, and the ability to actually make positive impacts for everything from people and communities to corporations really excited me, and this was a pathway I could do that.
0: Seems a lot of CEOs, COOs, presidents come out of engineering. Uh, Talk about that. Uh, Why does engineering uh, sort of prepare you for those leadership positions?
1: Well, my undergraduate one degrees was in management, but the rest was my master's and PhD in engineering. I think it's the discipline um, and it's the way of attacking process. So a process. I'm really a systems engineer at heart and in my uh, research. And so really trying to understand what are, in engineering terms, what are the controllers and the levers, if you will, and how do you maximize what the outcomes will be and try to avert the risk engineers traditionally try to minimize risk as much as possible in ill-advised impacts, if you will. Um, and I think it's just that type of uh, mindset that really, um, I think, if I was to guide students, you know, certainly follow your passion, but you can't do wrong having a mixture of a business and engineering degree.
0: Were you familiar with Wichita before you came here? And what, what attracted you to this job?
1: Yeah, I was. You know, So I was. I went from as a professor and a, a center director at Arizona State, then to Duke University, then to East Carolina University. And the East Carolina University is part of the AAC, the same athletic conference. And I started up a research and innovation uh, collaborative of all the vice presidents and vice chancellors for research and innovation. So I became friends with John Tomlin and uh, became very um, aware of what was happening in Wichita State from a distance, and very uh, excited about what this institution was doing. I was very drawn to it because it's certainly on a very impressive upward trajectory, nationally recognized for its innovation, uh, nationally recognized for its growth and research, but most importantly, its impact in, you know, when I was in North Carolina, we were one of a number of schools in a region. Wichita State, um, while certainly being the Kansas uh, public research university, public urban research university, is in many ways um, everything that spans from a land grant institution to uh, the whole gambit. Uh, there's such a strong relationship between the people, the community, industries that are located in Wichita and South Central Kansas with Wichita, and they have an equal and codependence and that is a unique place to go to where both the community wants you to succeed and um, and you have the opportunity to really advance an institution and our students um, we don't judge ourselves and this is what really really excited me uh, the institution doesn't judge itself by who it does not accept you know those u.s news rankings right we judge ourselves by what we who we graduate and what they do and of our students are first generation. 78% of our students stay in Kansas after graduation, which is the highest of the research universities. Our students um, earn after graduation the second highest salary of all the research universities. And yet we are the most affordable research university, not just in the state, not just in the region, but amongst our peers across the country. Um, So that's a really good mission.
0: One of the goals of every university president, obviously, is to grow that enrollment. Talk about you, you've talked about with us the importance of the I thirty five corridor. Uh, talk about that in in your strategy to uh, grow enrollment.
1: Well, let me just start off with this. I'm not growing in, growing enrollment just for the sake of growing enrollment. I right. would be disingenuous to the people of South Central Kansas. What I'm trying to do is recruit talent. And retain talent in South Central Kansas. You know, this last year, Kansas ranked number five in the country for exodus of people from the state, our brain drain, our millennials, and that's a continuous issue. So, the I 35 corridor where Kansas is going to graduate, and it's a diminishing number of about 34,000 high school graduates per year. Uh, take Texas, for instance, there are going to be 350,000 high school graduates per year. That's where we can recruit talent. But we have to have the, the infrastructure, the ecosystem, the jobs, the mentoring to keep those individuals here to start their businesses. And hence, we're gonna be starting a microenterprise program. I've launched the President's Convergence Sciences to create new and novel type of research and innovation programs on our campus. And doing a very, uh, today actually, I launched what's called the President's Innovation and Business Council with CEOs and government leaders from across the region to work even closer with me and guide me, um, as well as work closer with our leadership and our institution that we can figure out ways that as we develop new technologies, new innovations, and launch new businesses, how they can benefit our existing businesses and attract new businesses to our region.
0: How did you uh, decide on who you wanted to invite to that group?
1: Well, uh, at first blush, it's a kind of a... um, it's a tapestry of different sectors and so that's really important and they align with the new um, programs the convergent sciences which we've launched other individuals have been recommended and again this is the initial listing of members um, i uh, expect that we will be expanding the representatives and i also anticipate that there will be some granularity and by that subcommittees etc whether it's a focus in health innovations versus digital transformation versus smart manufacturing. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities for more individuals and organizations to become engaged. Uh, We embrace that. I mean, I really would like to have as many partners as we move forward because we have to be very deliberate. Partnership is a key word for what my administration is going to be trying to do across the, the region.
0: You talk about that connection, partners, community, Uh, The Innovation Campus, of course, something that Dr. Bardo really focused on and grew. Uh, It sounds like you want to continue uh, what he started with the Innovation Campus and connection, especially to the business community.
1: So I have nothing but praise for Dr. Bardo. What he was able to accomplish in such a short period of time, and having been in North Carolina where you have the Research Triangle Park and you have Centennial Campus, it truly is amazing, and it is many of our uh, brethren across uh, research institutions across the country are in awe of what's happening at Wichita State, and that's the credit of Dr. Bardo, without question. I'm trying to expand it a little bit. Um, You've heard some initial organizations, and you're going to hear a lot more in the next month or two. I'm really trying to attract, uh, I think the Innovation Campus has done an incredible job of supporting our aviation and aerospace, and I'm dedicated to continuing that support. But I think it's important to diversify the economy. I think we all see the reason now, especially at a downturn. So I'm committed to expanding the vision of the, and build upon that vision. So we're gonna be bringing in smart manufacturing, digital transformation, health, um, but we're gonna be doing it with companies that are based outside of Kansas, and many cases outside of the United States and bringing them to Wichita, Kansas, bringing them to Wichita State University, uh, providing great opportunities, applied learning opportunities for our students, partnerships for research with our faculty and integrating them with our business and government officials. Um, and that's how we're going to retain talent. Uh, so the Innovation Campus is a catalyst for that.
0: You had to deal with a biggie, uh, the pandemic. How did you go about making decisions uh, for the university in a situation where we really, nobody had ever been through before?
1: Yeah, I looked at uh, all the prior president's desks and drawers, and there wasn't any yeah. uh, handbook on the pandemic. No plan there. Yeah. No plan. Um, well, first of all, we have a great staff, let me just say that, of leadership, our faculty, our students, uh, and the staff all came together. Uh Like any other type of CEO, I reached out to my counterparts, not just in the state, but across the country on a regular basis. Uh, One of the great benefits, if you will, a benefit that has come out of this is uh, the CEOs um, of the institutions in Kansas, the region universities, we zoom twice to uh, a week or so. And I've become very good friends with uh, General Myers and Chancellor Gerard, and we work very well together. But like every other president across the country, you were trying to really get your arms around what was happening and how to do it. Um, Something totally unexpected. Um, I think we did a a better than average job uh, when I compare. uh, And I say that in respect that we were able to get online. uh, We were able to get our curriculum set up in a very rapid uh, period of time with really without interruption for our students. Second of all, we handled finances, I think in a very um, business-like manner, if you will, uh, we saw it coming. We immediately took immediate actions, everything from uh, stopping all discretionary spending, pulling resources back from all the departments. Um, we eventually leadership right now only has had to take furloughs when you compare that to other institutions. Um, and we continued on our mission uh, right now across the country and across the state, you see universities that are down in enrollment eight, 10, and some institutions all the way 20 and 40%. Uh, we're one of the rare exceptions as we're tracking right now, and it still could change in the next you know, couple of weeks. We're just a little above where we were last year. And last year was a record for Wichita State University. So um, you, you keep to your Your core values, you keep to your um, business approaches, and you keep in optimism, enthusiasm. You try to ensure everybody has the support they need to be successful, and that's what the president needs to do.
0: You also had to make a very difficult decision, and uh, that was to remove that recorded message from Ivanka Trump. Talk about that decision and, and the impact of that decision.
1: Well, first of all, we did not remove the talk of Mrs. Trump. All we did was elevate a student uh, as the keynote speaker, and Mrs. Trump's speech was never edited, never cut, never removed, and it was viewed over half a million times, um, far more than my talk.
0: So there (laughs) were
1: optional talks by a number of speakers, including President Newtash. Given all the circumstances that were happening at that time in the civil unrest and the information received and there was just, there was a lot, uh, we could do an hour long, uh, talk about sure. all that, that went into it and, and, um, what transpired afterwards and potentially what could be done differently moving forward. Um, certainly there was a segment of our community, uh, and our country, um, that was very hurt by that. And that certainly was not our intention. And for everybody who was hurt by that, I certainly, um, Apologize for anything that, that uh, hit personally in that regard. Um, I would say though, uh, moving forward, we now have one of, I started when I first landed here in, physically in January, one of the first actions I created task forces, one of the first task forces I created was on freedom of expression and free speech. Uh, they were supposed to get back with policies in the statement, which we didn't have. In July, timing is everything. Right. Um, we now have those. We have a freedom of expression website. We have our statement. We have policies, and I would say it's one of the. Um, it's online to what is what's called the Chicago Principles. Very close to that, which is um, we support freedom of expression, free speech, and we will protect that no matter what. Um, so anyway,
0: what's your message to supporters after after that situation?
1: Well, I reached out to a lot of, as many people that contacted me, I reached right back out to them, personal notes or phone calls, et cetera. In most cases, I would say almost all cases, but not certainly all of them. After explaining it, they understood. Many times they would say, well, I don't, I don't agree with what the decision was made, but let's move on. And I think that's important. Look, we, as a society, we have never seen such civil unrest, a pandemic, people with their economy being um, and their jobs at risk in the midst of an election. At the time, we were also in the midst of DACA, civil unrest that was happening, happening at that time. We had officers that were shot at right down the street from us, social media, all those things play into it. And I think people as they have a chance to step back, not just even from this event, but from what's happening in events across the country understand that we have so much positive, action happening at Wichita State University. The announcements that we start yesterday, we announced that the National Science Foundation awarded a new Artificial Intelligence Institute, a groundbreaking institute, a very highly competitive event to a team that consists of the University of Texas at Austin, the University of Washington, Microsoft's research lab and Wichita State University. How many? Pretty times good company, that, right there. That, that is incredible company, and that is the type of uh, activities that we're moving forward. And that really helps launch our digital transformation. We're in discussions with arguably the Stanford and MIT of India on a partnership on innovation. Um, we are going to be making a groundbreaking announcement, really transformational, not just for Wichita State but for Wichita. On smart manufacturing, likely next month or the month after. Uh, there's just incredible action happening that really prepares our students, is going to help drive and diversify our economy. Um, you know, everything that we're on our path for is really the next level for Wichita State, and we hope for Wichita. So, what I tell people is keep your eyes on the ball, watch what we're doing, judge us by our performance and i think you'll be very excited about where we're
0: we're at here comes another semester here we are in in august starting another term what are your hopes for this term
1: that our students continue to wear their face Um, (laughs) masks i have two daughters both in college one is at university of north carolina chapel hill and i think most of your listeners have heard of the actions that's happened in north carolina at Notre dame university of alabama uh, our testing rate has been very low to date, knock on wood. I walk around this campus multiple times a day, and I see our faculty, staff, and our students wearing their masks. In fact, I even went to the first softball practice uh, earlier this week, and I looked out onto the field, and all the women's softball players were wearing masks while they were practicing. Good. So they're really accepting that responsibility. So my hope is that we we work through and we get through this semester. That's I'm an optimist by nature. I believe we are going to be one of those, uh, hopefully not rare, but I think we will be one of those rare institutions that gets through the semester. Um, We are certainly going to have people testing positive. Uh, We may have an outbreak, but we will work to flatten that and continue marching forward. We, as I think society, have to understand we have to deal and live with this virus. We need to ensure that we protect one another, but we cannot get it to a place where it just uh, stops everything in its track. Our, I hope your listeners know, we, um, we talked about shining, shining Lights. I approved a few weeks ago the uh, purchase and the in- initiation of a COVID testing lab Why? Because I think not only for our students, but also for USD 259 and for the industry around our community as well as members of the community can't afford COVID testing. It's critical. Testing is critical. And we don't want to have to shut down either our university or shut down our economy. So we were told that the equipment, it's the gold standard of testing equipment, would be in around November. I can tell Wichita through your audience that our equipment has arrived ahead of schedule. And so our building will be done, our equipment will be then set up and tested. And we hope to have the, the lab running in September, at least by the end of September. And then I think that that's another way that we really are trying to ensure that people know that we are Wichita's state university. And we are here as a partner, and we are here to serve and help protect and grow. And I think by us providing this type of lab and service and 24 to 48 turnaround, whether it's nasal or saliva, and we'll also be able to do flu when flu season hits, is critical for for Wichita to continue to march forward.
0: Well, we're looking forward to seeing that and looking forward to uh, getting to talk to you a little bit more too, as time goes on. Dr. Jay Golden, President of Wichita State University. Welcome to Wichita. And uh, let's hope 2021 uh, is a little calmer And our pandemic gets behind this so we can really get down to business and and get down to the business of education as well. Thank you for being with me today. I appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you very much. And uh, to all the listeners, stay healthy and go Shocks.
0: You bet. We are living in a new normal. We know you're facing the same set of circumstances. We invite you to help us tell your story. Please contact us if you want to share your experiences. You can reach me at broy at bizjournals.com. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 170. We hope you're doing well. Now is the time to be innovative as you fight to survive and eventually prosper. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy Hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. You know, creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.